0: Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. It's the start of a new year, and we have a lot of great things coming up, including the 2023 launch of our small group. So make sure you are here on Sunday mornings and following us on Facebook and Instagram at My Collective Church to stay connected. We really want you to be a part of what God is doing here. Now, let's get into Sunday's message. Merry Christmas, Collective. Uh, My name is Michael Bartley. If we haven't met yet, I'm the lead pastor here. And I'm so glad you're with us tonight. Uh, Even more proud of you guys for braving whatever is going on outside. Uh, So excited that you're here. uh, To kick things off tonight, I want to talk about hype. Now, how many of you have someone in your life that loves to hype things up? Like, right? Like, every movie they watch is the best movie ever. Every song changes their life, right? Every TikTok, they're sending it to you. This is the funniest TikTok I've ever seen in my life. Two minutes later, this is the funniest TikTok I've ever seen in my life, right? Do any of you have friends like that? Now, some of you aren't raising your hand because the truth is you are that friend. Yeah, you know that, right? You are the conductor of the hype train. You want all your friends and family to hop on board. And listen, I'm not judging you. We are judging you right now, OK? <laughs> now, I used to think that I didn't do this. I, I'm not like a super excitable, outgoing, charismatic person. But over the past few, few years, I've learned that I absolutely hype things up. But it's always, always, always food. And specifically, let's make it even worse, I only hype up fast food. <laughs> I'm constantly talking about PSLs from Starbucks and cheese sticks from Sheets. Now it's your turn to judge me, and that's okay. But but here's the problem when it comes to the hype. Hype overpromises and underdelivers, right? Right. It overpromises the greatness of something, but always falls short of the hype. For example, my favorite fast food restaurant is a place called Zaxby's. Anybody been to Zaxby's before? Okay, that's good. So Zaxby's is a southern uh, restaurant. It's a chicken joint, um, and. This is my hot take on this. Uh, Zaxby's is better than Chick-fil-A, 100%. I don't care, I don't care. I'm hyping it all the way up, okay? And listen, I, I know this is controversial because Chick-fil-A has been blessed by the Lord, but I, I stand by my hype, right? I stand by this hype until I die. Just a few years ago, a friend of mine was going to North Carolina for the weekend, and I told him that I didn't care what he did, but he had to make sure to go to Zaxby's because it would absolutely change his life. Right? The fries are amazing, the sauces are amazing, the service actually kind of sucks at every single Zaxby's, but it's okay because the food is so good. And all weekend long, I was just waiting for him to send me that text to confirm my hype and for him to feel the hype with me, but he never texted. About a week later, I saw him and asked, I was like, first thing, didn't care how the trip was, what did you think about Zaxby's? And he told me that his life would never be the same, that he felt bliss in every single bite. But you know that's not true. <laughs> he, he hated it, like absolutely hated it. In fact, he hated it so much that it's been two years and he re- reminds me regularly about how much he thinks it's overrated. He's playing keys tonight and I joked about it earlier and he started booing me, so. <laughs> But of course, you know, what I did as someone who was on the hype train of Zaxby's is I blamed him for picking the wrong items. Right. <laughs> who goes to Zaxby's and picks a chicken parm when you should have gotten wings and things. But honestly, it was doomed from the start. Right? It was never going to reach the hype that I put on it, because I think the reason why he hated it so much was I set the bar too high. Right. I pushed this bar all the way up and his experience was never going to reach it. And even though it was probably the best fast food he has ever tasted in his life, I told him that it would change his life forever, and it didn't. I over-promised, and Zaxby's under-delivered. And this type of thing happens all the time. It's the TV show that your friend says is the best show of all time, right? And so you watch it, and you think The Office is good, but it's not better than Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> right? It's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> You hear that a lot at Collective, I'm sorry. Uh, It's the new album from Taylor Swift. Had more plays in 24 hours in the history of any album on Spotify. So what do you do? You check it out, and it sounds just like her last album. (laughs) It's the vacation that looks better in pictures. It's the reality of the dream job has a micromanaging boss. It's the dream house that has cracks. It's the dream car that breaks down. But isn't this also true about Christmas? Right, there's all this hype surrounding Christmas. Right, think about it, it's not just a day, it's a season. We don't celebrate Thanksgiving season, right, or Valentine's season, or Memorial Day season. But for Christmas, it's different. There are movies about it, there are festivals, there are traditions, there are sales, there are events, there are parties. We decorate our houses, companies put out new products just in time for the Christmas rush. Christmas is easily the most hyped day of the year. But here's the thing about Christmas. I think Christmas overpromises and underdelivers. Do any of you else feel that way? Right, there's so much hype, but it never lives up to it. Right, think about Christmas toys. Probably the most hype Christmas toy of all time was Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> 1996, this was the hot toy of Christmas and people were beating each other up at <laughs> Toys R Us just to get their hands on one. I remember my little sister wanted one for Christmas, and so my mom was doing everything she could to get one for her. She searched every store. She had friends and family looking for her, but they were sold out. Right before Christmas, she was told that a friend of a friend of a friend had a few and was selling them for five times the price. Right? There were Tickle Me Elmo dealers going on, but she wasn't able to get her hands on one. Eventually, when the hype died down a few months later, she found one, she gave it to my sister, and we realized very quickly that this was one of the most annoying toys ever <laughs> invented. Right, the laugh is obnoxious, but, but more than that, it's annoying, but it's also this hard plastic toy. It's heavy, it's uncomfortable, kids don't wanna carry it, they don't wanna hold it, they don't wanna cuddle it. Tickle Me Elmo, over and underdelivered. It was all hype. Or how about Tamagotchis? You guys remember these? This is a year later. In 1997, 13 million Tamagotchi toys were sold in the first year they were released. And as kids, we begged and pleaded for these, but then we got them, and we realized it was a virtual pet that we actually had to pay attention to. It pooped all the time. It needed constant attention. We didn't want to take care of our own animals, let alone this fake animal. And it died within three days, all hype. Just a few years ago, it was Hatchimals, 45 days before Christmas, they were already sold out. Parents spent thousands of dollars on eBay just to get their hands on them in time for Christmas. And it's essentially a Furby, right? It's all hype. And listen, a lot of the stuff surrounding Christmas is great. And I'm not not saying that the stuff is bad or we shouldn't do those things. That's not what this sermon is about. But what I'm saying is, if we are being honest, Christmas kind of falls short of what we want it to be what we hope it will be, and often what we need it to be. Because on December 26, life goes back to normal. The tree comes down, the lights get boxed up, the family leaves town, and nothing has really changed. There's a reason why studies show that January is the most depressing month of the year. It's the feeling of Christmas under delivering. It's the reality that the hype has faded. It's the realization that the Christmas miracles that we're told to believe in growing up don't actually happen because Christmas doesn't relieve our stress. Christmas doesn't take away the loneliness that we feel. Christmas doesn't fix our financial situations. Christmas doesn't help our mental health. Christmas doesn't take away that feeling of, is it worth it? Christmas doesn't bring the family that you've prayed for. It doesn't do that. In fact, we know that it does the opposite for all of those things. Christmas makes every single one of those things worse. One thing I do every year when writing my Christmas sermons is I'll go back and I'll read what I wrote the year before. And as I was reading last year's Christmas message, I'd forgotten how much I was struggling during that season of my life. Last winter, I felt like everything was falling apart. I was struggling with anger and depression, anxiety, insecurity. I was tired and I was worn out, I was frustrated, I was sad, I was confused. That is how I felt last Christmas. But that is also how I felt in January, and February, and March. Because here's the thing, Christmas didn't fix any of those things. In fact, I got worse. I finally bottomed out in the spring And through being a part of this church community, through therapy, through the friendships that I have, through some of the habits that we're going to talk about in this series coming up, I was able to get out of that place. But Christmas did not do that for me. Christmas doesn't heal the marriage where he is checked out and emotionally abusive and she just wants to be loved. Christmas doesn't heal the pain of walking away from a long-term relationship that was unhealthy, even though it was the right thing to do. Christmas doesn't take away the sadness of losing a child. Christmas doesn't break the addiction that has made 2022 the worst year yet and is making 2023 look like it's gonna be even worse. Christmas doesn't fix the family dysfunction where everyone can't be in the same room at the same time because there's bitterness and unforgiveness. But what's so weird about Christmas is that we are told it can do all these things. Just look at the movies, just listen to the songs, just watch the commercials. And can I just say something really quickly about Christmas commercials? They are the worst. I would rather watch election commercials during election season than Christmas commercials, specifically Christmas car commercials. There's this one commercial right now where she buys him a truck and then uh, he gets her a puppy, (laughs) because that's equal, and they live happily ever after. That's not real. She's happy in the commercial. She's not happy in real life, okay? Christmas as a holiday is all hype. It overpromises and underdelivers, and we feel that. In fact, many of us are sitting here right now and we're dreading that because we know what's coming a few days from now. And so here's what I wanna do with the rest of our time tonight. I'm gonna to read through the birth of Jesus in the book of Luke. It's in the New Testament or the second half of our Bible. And we're gonna read about the moment that the world changed forever. And this is my favorite part of the Christmas story. And I think I love it so much because there is no hype. It's not flashy. It's not showy. It's just real and full of hope. And so let's start reading. We're going to start in Luke 2, verse 1. And this is what it says. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. Now, one thing we say all the time at Collective when reading details like this in the Bible is that the reason these details matter is because they show us that this is not a once upon a time in a land far, far away kind of story. This happened to real people. This is a fact checking moment in scripture, right? Real people, real places at a real time in history. The story continues, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. Now, Bethlehem is a nothing town. During this time, it would have had a population of about 300 people. For context, Knoxville, Maryland is about 10 times this size. Some of you didn't even know Maryland has a city called Knoxville because it's so small. It does exist. It's like 15 minutes from here, but it's still bigger than Bethlehem. So this isn't a big city. This isn't one of the best towns in the Roman Empire. It's just Bethlehem, a little town full of shepherds and farmers in the hills of what would be modern-day Palestine. The story continues. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them." Now, most of the time, when we think about this moment, we think of something that looks a little bit like this picture, right? It's like angelic, there's light coming down from heaven, the baby's not crying, which makes no sense, right? The animals are just like chilling there, they're not freaking out like my dog would do if it was part of this moment, right? And so it's the birth of Jesus and he's in a manger and so what artists will do is they try to make it look as holy as possible, but it's not at all what this was like. First, the manger would have looked a little bit like this. This is an actual manger that archaeologists have found from the Jesus era. It's a hole carved into stone, right? It's nothing. But let me take this a little bit further. Let's go back to the original manger picture. Instead of it being what looks like a barn outside, it would have actually had been a cave because that's where they kept their animals. In fact, you can go to Israel today and you can visit the cave that they trace back to the birth of Jesus. my wife and I got to go there this summer and put our hands in that place. Now, I know most of you want to think that Christmas looks like that nativity, right? You want it to look like this beautiful moment, and so I'm kind of wrecking that for you, but I'm not sorry because here's why all this matters. God didn't care about hype, right? God didn't care about hype because if he did, Jesus wouldn't have been born to Joseph, who was a nobody carpenter, and Mary, who was a pregnant teenager. He would have been born a king and a queen. If God cared about hype, Jesus wouldn't have been born in Bethlehem. He would have been born in the biggest city in the Roman Empire. If God cared about hype, Jesus wouldn't have been born in a cave and placed in a stone manger. He would have been born in a castle, placed on a throne. But the thing about the birth of Jesus is that it's not about hype. And, And don't miss this. Luke, who wrote this story down, writes that they traveled back to Joseph's home. And when they got there, they were told there wasn't any room for them. This wasn't because the Airbnb was overbooked. They weren't traveling to stay in a hotel, but they were traveling to stay with family. And so the door that Joseph and Mary knocked on would have been his mom and dad's or his grandparents. So it wasn't a stranger that turned him away. It was his own family. Now, if I'm writing the story of the birth of Jesus, this is not how I would write it. In a cave in Bethlehem, unwanted by their own family, Merry Christmas. But that's how it goes down. And Mary gives birth to the Savior of the world, and the world changed forever in that moment. And no one cared. There was no hype. There was no fanfare. There was just a child. And so God had to get the word out somehow. And if you were writing this story, how would you do that? You throw it up on Twitter, you get it on the news, you have some influencer, find out about it first. Nope. God used shepherds, more nobodies. Luke 2.8 says this, at night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And so the most important moment in the history of the world is brought to us by some blue collar sheep keepers in the middle of the night. God is either the worst hype man in the history of the world or this was always the plan for Jesus to come to earth in the most humble way possible in the form of a child, a child that had to rely on his messed up, broken, outcast parents. You see, God doesn't care about hype. But here's what God cares about. Let's keep reading. What God cares about is the good news that brings great joy and that getting to all people, including me and including you. God cares about the good news that a Savior has been born, the good news of unconditional love from the creator of the world, the good news of forgiveness of our sins, the good news of grace. Grace meaning there's nothing you can do to make God love you more and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. The good news of endless second chances of a life better than the one we can imagine, of freedom from our past, of restoration and resurrection of the broken things in our lives, the good news of peace and hope and joy and love. That is what God cares about. And that is what Jesus came to bring. Right? And this isn't a hype that over promises and under delivers. This is real. This isn't all talk. This isn't all sizzle and no steak. This isn't all flash and no substance. This is good news and great joy that we get to experience every day, every day, not just one day a year, not just in a season. It's not a fad. It's grace and it is real. And we trust that this is real because Jesus bet his life on it. Jesus would go on to live a perfect life, to be betrayed, tried, mocked, and beaten for crimes that he didn't commit. He'd be crucified While he was up on a cross, he would take on the sins of the entire world, your sins and my sins. He would die and be buried in a tomb. But three days later, Jesus would conquer death and rise from the grave, just like he promised he would. And just like the night when Jesus was born, after Jesus resurrected from the dead, an angel appears to a group of people, and he says, I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. And if Jesus' birth was when the world changed forever, it was his resurrection that proved that his promises of good news and great joy were real, that his promises of life to the fullest on earth and in heaven, that his promises of forgiveness of sins for the people who put their faith in him, that his promise of grace and endless second chances weren't hype, but they are promises that we get to hold on to. Jesus promised, and then he delivered. And I need you to hear this especially if you aren't a follower of Jesus, but if you're, this is for everyone to hear, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is especially for you. God wants you to experience the good news and great joy that Jesus brought to earth the day he was born. God wants you to experience the peace that he offers, the love that he offers, the forgiveness and the grace and the hope. But the thing about God is that it's never going to be about bells and whistles. It's never going to be about hype. And it's always going to be about a child in a manger in the middle of nowhere, because God cares way more about your life than he does hype. He does. He cares way more about your marriage. He cares way more about your relationships, your self-worth, your soul than he does about hype. And so let me ask you, do you want good news and great joy, or do you just want hype? Do you want good news and great joy or do you want what's hot right now but won't be a few weeks from now? Do you want good news and great joy? Or do you want the letdown of something that overpromised and under-delivered again? Because only Jesus came into the world to bring good news. And it wasn't for attention, it wasn't for fame, it wasn't for status and influence, it was for us. It was for me and it was for you it doesn't matter how broken you are, how much you've messed up in your life, how far you feel from God, how doubtful you are. He came to earth, lived a perfect life, and died on a cross for you. He paid the price of your sin. He created a way for you to experience grace and endless second chances. And this isn't hype. This is real. And what we want more than anything for you is to embrace that to bring that into your life, to not let it fade, to not walk away from that, to not let it just be a season or a one-time thing that you show up to every single year. And so if you are not a follower of Jesus, more than anything, if you are ready for the good news and great joy and ready for that to be the foundation of your life, we want you to take a next step. Not just show up for Christmas, but take a next step. We want you to check the baptism box it's on the connection card on your seat. And what we'll do is we'll call you next week and we'll talk. What does it mean to put our faith in Jesus? What does it mean to choose good news and great joy every single day of our life, not just one day a year? What does it mean to be forgiven and set free? And if you are not a follower of Jesus and you are here tonight, please don't think that Christmas with Collective is just part of a season or part of the hype because it's not. The reason why this matters and the reason why I think you are here tonight is to know this. Jesus came to bring good news and great joy into your life. A few months ago, we did a sermon series called Your Story Matters, and it was all about how Jesus can redeem the brokenness and the mess and the highs and lows in our life. And he can turn it into something good, something good for ourselves, something good for other people. And Throughout this series, we challenge people to share their stories, and so many people did that we actually started a podcast called Your Story Matters. Every Thursday, we put out a news story of people talking about their faith and the highs and lows that go along with it. And you can check that out wherever you listen to sermon podcasts, look for Collective Church. And in the last week of that series, though, I was able to share some of the stories, and I just want to share some of them again. This is what people shared with us back in October. Through Jesus... I experienced healing and restoration. God didn't let me die that day. And I thank him for giving me another chance at life. Because of Jesus, I'm heard and seen and loved. Jesus kept pursuing me, and I found a way out of my depression and found a life that's still hard but full of hope and joy. God gave me a place to belong. God picked me up, and I'll know he'll do it again. I can see how God worked to make a way, how he carried me through the dark times. Because of Jesus, I'm loved. Because of God's love, I was able to forgive. His unconditional love is real and freeing. Because of God, I learned to let go of shame, of the need to perform, of the need to please, of the need to control outcomes. God gives me hope and strength to get through the hard times, knowing that he is always by my side and that I am loved. I was able to get sober and was finally able to address my mental health issues. My life has completely changed because of God, and now I enjoy living. God has changed my life for the better. God has helped me overcome the trauma so I can be a better father to my own kids. God saved my life, and he saved my marriage. God gave me the community I needed to find healing. It's by God's goodness, healing, and redemption that we were able to find restoration for our marriage. God's peace has changed my life. His word is grounding me. I cannot imagine what my life would be like without God. And God saved my life. And so here's what I want to finish with. I hope you have a great Christmas. I genuinely do, I really do. I hope you get everything you ask for. If you want to tickle me almo, I hope it's under the tree in a few <laughs> days. Right? I hope there is a Christmas miracle waiting for you. And I hope it's the, the miracle that you needed the most, the miracle for your family or for your career, for your health, for your relationships, whatever it may be. But whatever happens this Christmas, no matter how great or terrible it is, December 26 come, comes the next day. And the marriage struggles will still exist. The family drama will still exist. The addiction will still exist, whatever it is. And what I need to get through that is Jesus, not hype. What I need is grace, not hype. What I need is the good news of a Savior who's come to rescue me, not hype. And I think that's what you need, too. Ultimately, I think that's what you want. Because hype won't heal your marriage. Hype doesn't help you with your mental health. Hype doesn't make school easier. Hype doesn't take away your addiction. Hype doesn't redeem your story. Hype doesn't restore your faith. Hype doesn't change the world. Only Jesus does. And so the angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Not hype, just real. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful um, uh, that you didn't send your son to earth just to make him famous. God, you you didn't send your son to earth just so he could be powerful. God, just so he could lord over people or be in control. um, God, to do whatever he wanted. But God, you sent your son to earth in the form of a child in a way that nobody cared about, and he would go on to change the world. God, we, if we're being honest, we are so distracted by hype. God, we're so distracted by the things around us that tell us that life can be better if we just bought this thing, said this thing, did this thing, went this place. And God, the truth is, we buy into this hype all year long, but specifically at Christmas but December 26th comes and we're always left wanting. God, in fact, we're struggling more, wondering why a miracle didn't happen. And God, you know it's because we focus on the wrong thing. God, we are so enamored by hype that we're missing the good news and great joy. So God, I, I just pray for everybody here uh, that over the next few days as they, as they do their Christmas traditions, as they spend time with their family, they, they experience all the goodness of this holiday, God, that they realize that when the next day comes, you're still here. When the loneliness continues, you're still here. And the sadness gets stronger, you're still here. God, you aren't a season. You aren't a fad. You aren't a day. God, you are everything. All day, every day. Good news and great joy. God, we are so thankful for that. God, that's why we celebrate that. But God, help us feel that every single day, not just this time of year. God, thank you for grace. Thank you for loving us. We love you and pray this in your name, amen.